So he's like, oh, I look at you as a white boy trying to make black people go against. He pulled the race card. You feel me? It is hard because the system is made to make you fail. It's hard to find places to get a house at because you're a convicted felon. That leaves you doing what? Moving where? Yeah. To where it all started, the hood. Welcome back to the Broken Home Podcast. Hope you're all having a great day. Tonight, we have a dope musical artist coming out of Florida. We all know him as King Shine or NGB Fee. How you doing tonight, bro? I'm good. I'm chilling, man. Vibing. I saw you had a nice crab boil yesterday. You had a couple pounds of crab on there. Some crawfish. You guys did it up beautifully for a weekend. Yeah, we cooked it up in Louisiana style. Nice, nice. Why don't you start off with telling us where you're from originally? Hey, I'm from I'm from Miami, Florida, born and raised. I have never lived nowhere else but here. Have you always just stayed in one hood or did you move around different spots? Well, you know, I've lived in plenty of different spots in Miami, but Miami, though. You know, yeah. I lived in Alpada, Havana, Liberty City, Hialeah, North Miami, down south. I've lived a little bit everywhere. What yeah. you got? Yeah, brothers or sisters? I got three little brothers. Um, and my mom, my grandfather, you know, and just the family. I got my kids, my wife, you know, her family. My uncle passed last year from cirrhosis of the liver. So sorry to hear, sorry that, to hear bro. When you were younger, what was the role model situation like? I noticed you didn't mention your father. Was he around or did you have role models elsewhere? My dad, he wasn't around. So my role models came from the streets. And speak on that, like, who did you look up to? Was it just somebody in the neighborhood that took on that position or? or... I mean, really, it wasn't nobody in particular. It was a bunch of different people, you know what I'm saying, that I looked at as role models. Like, let's say, let's just say, for instance, Big Meech, let's just say, right? People look at him as a role model. I mean, I never did, though, but I'm just saying, like, people like that, you know, I always looked up to the, to, to the people in the hood who were doing good. Those are the type of people I looked up to coming up. Yeah. yeah. And, and speaking about the hood, did you live in the hood type setting or what, what kind of neighborhood were you in? I lived in a few different type of settings. I lived in the hood hood. I lived in the hood hood and a little less hood, like lower class. And what was it like going to school for you in that area? See, it depends what school I went to. It was a point where, you know, certain schools I would go to would be mostly Hispanics. And then other schools I went to is probably like 20 Hispanics in the mm -hmm. whole school, you know, so it, it, it all varied. No, were you getting in shit at school? Is that why? Always <laughs> fighting, a bunch of dumb shit, always. How old were you, do you think you were when you started realizing maybe the streets is where I want to get into? What was that age? I mean, see, you never really find out what age you was in when you started realizing. It's like just one day you just was there, but I'll say around that time, I... I I had to have been like 12. Were you getting yourself in the shit at that time too out in those streets? Yeah, yeah, yeah. What were you doing? Like what kind of shit? Were you just like stealing bikes or were you getting grimy out there already? Like around 12, I was, you know, smoking weed, stealing bikes. But when I turned 13, by then I was already stealing cars, you know, burglaries and stupid shit like that, you know? Stealing cars. Did you watch somebody or did somebody teach you how to do it? Were you working for somebody? How did that go? I see my homeboy do it one time on a certain type of car, which was a Honda. When it was my turn to do it myself one day, I'm like, damn, man, I need a car. I tried it with a caravan and I just freestyled it from what I seen. 
did it, and then I just became an addict to stealing cars. Joyriding? You're just taking cars to joyride, or are you just making... I mean, yeah, at that time, I was taking pretty much the cars to joyride, go to other hoods, hang with my homeboys, and go do crimes in those cars, you know? Did you guys have chop shops down there that you could bring them to? Nah, but you know, when I was a kid, that's why we would always want to find, but I never found one. Drive it, drive it, get rid of it, get another one. It was a time where I used to have my apartment buildings I was living in, like literally come outside and all the guest parking spots, bro, I had like 15 cars out there. Any one of my homeboys would take a car whenever they want. So one day the police came and picked up all the cars with a bunch of tow trucks. It was crazy. It's GTA style right there. Yeah. Yeah, Did man. they catch you for that? A whole bunch of times. Real. That's how, how I first started doing time. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I was just going to ask what, what happened? What was the first time you got sent up and what was it for? Well, the first time, you know, okay, down here in Florida, as a juvenile, the most time you could do is 21 days. And then they got to release you. But if you become like a habitual juvenile offender, like I ended up becoming, they'll send you to something called a juvenile program, juvenile facility, which is pretty much a nice word for a juvenile prison, which yeah. is different than adult prison where they have YO camps. I don't know if you guys have heard about yep. the camps in the Florida prison system. That's you know, that's in the adult prison. I've been there too, all that. I'm talking about Department of Juvenile Justice. They'll send you to programs depending on level. Like, you know, level six is moderate risk. Level eight and level 10 is high risk and maximum risk, you know? So I've been all the way to a level eight slash 10. I was 15 when I got sent to one of those and I didn't get out till I was 17. So you did a two year, a two piece uh, yeah, when I was 15. Yeah. And what was that like? You know, I was in a level eight called Sago Palm. When I turned 18, after getting out, when I turned 18, I kept catching more charges. So at the age of 18, 19, just turning 19, I was already in prison, like Florida Department of Corrections. But due to my age, they sent me to a youthful offender prison, which is a JIT camp, all the way till I turned 20 or something like that. And I got my YO snatched and they sent me to adult prison. What was that JIT camp like? Is it as wild as 1090 was saying? It, yeah, it is. It's more fighting than anything, you know, hitting you with logs, cutting you in the face, shit like that. You know, like a lot of TOHs, which means test of heart, you know, that, mm -hmm. that happens a lot. So, yeah, it is really like that, you know. And the camp that I was at was Lancaster, you know. So, you know, over there, they had some weird shit going on where they like to stick broomsticks and people's, you know. From from Lancaster, you know, I ended up getting transferred eventually to Lake City. And from Lake City, I got my YO snatched under some gang shit. Did you ever see somebody get violated with the broomstick there? Yeah. Real. How'd yeah, that go down? Worse than that in an adult prison. Let's get into it. You know, Let's see, get into I, it. I mean, okay, so I've been to prison twice, right? Yeah. The first time I went to prison, I had to go through the youthful offender camps where, you know, 1090J talks about them things, you know. So I've seen people get TOAs there, you know, a bunch of fights, like I told y'all. People getting hit with logs, people getting their face cut with blades, the broomstick shit going on, you know what I'm saying? After that, when I went to adult prison, I went to one adult prison after both them camps, which was Madison CI, you know, and over there at that camp, you know, I've seen a little bit of violence. The, the most major thing I've seen at that camp was a murder, you know? 
shortly after I got released. So I was out for like a year and a half, violated probation. I caught a seven year sentence, which after seven years, I only had to do like three and some change. And I went back to prison. That Y'all ever heard of um, K-Frog? Yep, yep. Okay, that's where me and K-Frog and Domi and all of us were at the same prison, which was Charlotte. And that was that was a real savage camp. There, I seen it all. That's where K-Frog had a bunch of his videos from too, right? Right, right, right. That's crazy, some of that shit. That was and, crazy. And that's, and that's just the things that we allowed on film. Like, there was shit that we couldn't put on camera. There, I've seen multiple, multiple, when I say I've seen multiple deaths there, I've seen people get raped, stabbed, overdoses, beat to death by the, by the officers. I mean, all that. That's, yeah, that's crazy. When it comes to a prison rape like that, does anybody ever step in? No, no it, it, I've never seen it. It's kind of at that point, it's like, really, you know, you mind your business because people that are doing that are usually willing to die behind that. You know what I'm saying? So that's, hey, man, type yeah. shit. You, know? you just kind of mind your own business. They call you King Shine. Where did that name originate from? That name originated from my affiliation with the Latin Kings. And where did, when did you become affiliated? Did you get affiliated on the inside or was it something from in the streets? A little bit of both. Okay. How old were you at that time? Like when you first started? I'll say I was around, uh, I was young. So like around 15, you know, I have family members, homeboys, you know, but I wasn't really active like that with them. And then, you know, like later on 18, you know, I started going through the process in prison and then, you know, to the streets and, you know, so on and so forth. And when it comes to the Latin Kings in your area, is that like the prominent gang or is there a lot of Bloods and Crips too? See, in my area, there, there's a lot of a lot of Kings, a lot of folks and Bloods, but you don't really too much hear about too many Crips and stuff. I mean, they exist, but they're not like as big as in other places and stuff. When you started getting more active into it, did you start getting that gang jacket put on you in the prison? Like, did they recognize your affiliation? Yeah, I became an STG, security threat group. STG in prison means that pretty much you're a threat to security due to your gang affiliation and your jacket, your prison jacket, you know, violent behavior and shit like that. So let's say that there's a ride on a prison, right? And maybe four Latin Kings going, you got nothing to do with it. You're in a whole nother dorm, another side of the compound. They're likely to pick me up just because I'm an STG and just transfer me with everybody else. Okay. Okay. Group you in no matter what then. Right. Type of stuff. Yeah. You're living yeah. pretty much. Yeah. And, and yeah. unfortunately that followed me to the streets too, you know, so. When you're in those youth facilities as a kid, do you have to go to school in there? Or do they make you do schooling? Yeah. Mandatory. You go to school every day, every day. It, 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 see, it's not like regular prison where you could choose to go to school or not. You you got to go to school in them little juvenile facilities. Mandatory. You're going to school. You don't work. You don't do nothing besides go to school, wake up early in the morning, go to breakfast, go to school, then wreck, and then just chill in your dorm all day. Different programs are different, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm speaking about where I was at, you know? Yeah. So yeah. all we really had to do that was mandatory is go to school. So what happens if you're, you know, you, you show up, but you're just not putting in any effort? Is there any kind of repercussions for, for failing grades, things like that when you're in a juvenile facility? Nah, not really. No. No. It, At least nah. they can keep tabs on you. They know where you are. Right. That's yeah. That's all that really yeah. matters. 
Right, yeah. They don't really trip if you're getting bad grades or nothing like that. You did your two piece. You got out on the streets. What was? What did you end up going back in for? What was the crime that you committed? I had two gun charges. I got caught with a thirty-eight and a um, thirty-thirty rifle, and three counts of burglary. How did that go down? You know, okay, the rifle. It was all different timings. Right. So when I got out of the program, I was 17 at the age of seven. I was only out for a month and a half. I get caught with a rifle in a stolen car. Right. I kept stealing cars. Mm -hmm. So they tried me as an adult. So at the age of seven, 17, they sent me to the county. Right. That, down here, they call it direct file. That means you get tried as an adult. So I get out on probation. Now I'm on adult probation. I think I'm still. Yeah, I'm 17 on adult probation now on my 18th birthday. My homeboy told me, let's go to the club. I'm turning 18. So I said, all right, cool. So I jump in the car. I have a 38. We get pulled over. I go to jail, violation of probation. I sit in the county 10 months. They let me back out on probation. 15 days later, I'm back in jail for three counts of burglary. I sit in the county for a couple months, and I go to prison. I took a nine-year sentence, which was on um, four years prison followed by five years probation. And that's when I went through the whole JIT camp and then adult camp. After I got out of prison, I was out for about a year and a half and I ran a stop sign, bro. I was working, going to school for barber and I ran a fucking stop sign and my brakes happened to not be working good. So I almost like, kind of almost, almost clipped the police car. He got behind me, started talking all that bullshit that he's going to shoot me. So I started arguing with him. And that led me to catch disturbing the peace and resisting without violence with both for drop. So I pretty much went to prison for a technical violation of probation by coming in contact with the law. That's when it gave me the seven years. And that's when I went back and ended up at Charlotte, DeSoto, DCI. And I was at Charlotte with Frog, Domi, and all those people. That's how we linked up my second time in prison. That's crazy <laughs> over a technical thing like that, just for a, an interaction with the law. My daughter, my first daughter. So I, I went in there with a big ass chip on my shoulder. That's why I was going so crazy in the prison system at that time. I was just, I ain't give up. I was mad. So I'm like, man, they got to fill me this round. How much of the seven years did you put in? Since I did four in with five probation, when I caught my seven years in, in Florida, they have something called the green case, meaning that if you have a split sentence like I did, which was four and five, whatever time you did prior, which was my four years, kind of towards my seven years. Well, and having that time away from your daughter, how did that impact you too? Did she come and see you while you were in there? No, I, I had lost my um, my visitation privileges indefinitely because, you know, I kept catching battery on inmate, battery on inmate, getting caught with weapons, getting caught with cell phones. So the whole time I was in prison, I probably got visual one time that last time around. I mean, it did impact me because, you know, that was my baby, but I left when she was so young. It was, I could cope with it. It was all right. You know, you know, after I came home the last time, me and my wife, I got locked up for um, robbery, you know, and I just came home and I've been home a year now. I sat two years in, in the county jail down here from 2020 April to 2022 April during the whole COVID era. You know, so the courts were backed up and shit like that. So it took me two years to beat that case. Oh, but wow. How did that happen? What took place? What were they accusing you guys of? They were accusing me of armed robbery. 
according to you know the the victim statements and stuff you know they try to say we had a high powered assault rifle but you know when everything came into the light and you know the depositions and the video footage you know there was never no rifle no robbery at all so they ended up dropping the case Three you years, had to so. pay yeah but it was really all, all behind a fight oh really yeah okay Okay, like what happened? Are you able to talk about it? Nah, no. <laughs> so when understandable. you did, yeah, and when you did get out that second time, like, what do you what do you do, and what's what's your your thought process? You just uh, you just got out three and change, and what do you wh where does a guy go first place after he gets out? Shit, at that time I really didn't have nothing. So my girl, you know, my wife, my baby mom. She was actually there to pick me up the morning I got released. And me and her actually, you know, dug it out in hotels for about a week. And then I don't know, you know, like things started falling into our lab. You know, we sold her car and shit like that. We was able to get my our first house. You know, we started renting a house. I was working construction. I was working for a painting company, you know, on and off, you know, shit like that, doing music, doing shows. And then, you know, boom, I went back to jail for the two years and now here I am now. But, you know, for some people it's hard because some people come home to absolutely nothing. Yeah, yeah exactly. And, you know, it, it, it's hard because it seems like the system is made to make you fail because they don't want to give convicted felons jobs. You can't you can't own um, rents in certain associations, you know, so it's hard to find places to get a house at because. You're a convicted felon. You don't even got to be a sex offender. You just got to be a convicted felon and they won't rent you a house. So that leaves you doing what? Moving where? Yeah. To where it all started, the hood. Man, that's right. Yeah. It's insane that it's you can put circle. in your Yeah. You can put in your time and, and pay your dues, uh, but you still, you never lose that title. You never lose that, you know, so. You guys been locked up before? No, I have, man. yeah. But I haven't gone to prison, just the jails though. You know what hurts me the most? You lose your gun rights, bro. We're not even allowed to have guns up here in Canada anyway. We oh. can have we can have hunting rifles. That's it. You can have handguns for, for shooting at the range. Our bitch PM even just put in a new law saying that we can't even have handguns and shit like that now. We he, ain't allowed to have guns yeah. up here. And not he even in your house. Nope. And he tried um, to, to slip in a whole bunch of other types of guns with that bill and, and they got caught, reversed it. So they, they were trying to take away a bulk of hunting rifles. Like they're they're trying to take all our guns away up here. Oh, that's some shit like yeah, Cuba, some some communist shit. Absolutely. Full man. blown. Yeah, man. It's crazy. I mean, since you guys are from Canada, is your constitution the same as ours? No. No, we oh, do not okay. have the right to defend ourselves. If somebody tries to break into our house, we can't defend ourselves. We're we're expected to leave. What? Go ahead, sir. Come on in. Yeah, yeah. We're expected don't to leave. have a stand your ground law. No, we will get in more trouble than the criminal that's trying to break in. That's it's insane. Appreciate. Shout out to your wife, man. She's been there for you since day one. Yeah, man. We've been together on and off since since I was like what fourteen. Damn. Shout out, white girl, man. That's what she goes by still, right? Well, now, um, Frosty, NGB Frosty. Frosty, the shout NGB out Frosty. Is, is, is like the group name for my for my music, which means never going backwards, never going bad, never going broke. You know, nice. 
when did you first start getting involved in the music scene? When I got out of prison after doing the, the three years off the seven year sentence, you know, I have a homeboy where well, he just passed away off an of overdose, you know, broke baby. One day he was like, yo, come come to the studio. I'm like, man, I'm not, I'm not with that shit. So he forced me to go with him and threw me in the, I was just going there for support. And the man put me in the booth with him and that's how it all started. Some easy <laughs> E type shit, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess. Yeah, some shit like that. I'm like, man, damn. So really, I started doing music like around 2018, 19, somewhere around that time. Who were your influences growing up with the music? Oh, okay. So, you know, I'm from down south. We call Florida down south. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people down south, they, you know, they're into like JT Money, Trick Daddy. So my influence, you know, was also, you know, Trick Daddy because he's from Miami. I also like C Murder, you know, BG, them guys from New Orleans. No limit. Yeah, you know, and then I like the other music I like was from New York because my mom, they moved down here from New Jersey when when they immigrated from Ecuador. So when they came down here, my uncle, who raised me with my mom and my grandfather, you know, that's all he used to listen to, Mob Deep, Nas. You know, people like that. So that that I I love that shit. Oh, that's dope, man. That's dope. Mob Deep, Nas, Wu Tang, like those were my yeah, huge influences. Yeah, huge influences. We actually had Killer Priest from Wu Tang on here just like a couple weeks back. Like awesome stories, man. Awesome stories. What do you think about the rap scene these days compared to when we were growing up? I see it kind of like it's hard to make it now. But it's so fucking easy to make it now. You get what I'm saying? You mm -hmm. gotta be able to say some stupid shit, make it sound catchy, and that's it. You're in the game. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the hard part: saying dumb shit to so make shit yeah. up that doesn't even make sense and make it sound good. Kind of hard, but you know, I ain't knocking nobody. But you know, I I, I like new era music myself. Do I like? I like it. I like certain rappers. You feel me? Certain rappers I don't really listen to, but like Kodak, I fuck with Kodak. You know, NBA Young Boy. You know, Lil Durk, ESTG, people like that, you know. Have you, like, reached out to Kodak to do a feature with him or anything? Nah. I've, I've talked to Smoke Purple a couple of times about it because Smoke Purple actually knew me when he was younger. So, yeah, we have talked about it before. I've done a feature with a um a, a, a rapper from down here, Stein, to Slip and Slide Trick Daddy. His name is Mike Smith. I've done a song with him before. Okay. Okay. Cool. What is your writing process? Do you have to rap on the beat or are you freestyle? How do you do it? I got to listen to the beat to be able to write. And usually I never just do it at home. I, I wait till I get to the studio, hear the beat and just start writing in the studio. And when I run out of shit to write, I just start just talking from my head and punching in, just putting shit together. How long does it usually take roughly? Like, is there like, is it different for each track that you do? When I go to the studio, I, I book a four-hour session. And I'll be done already in like two and a half hours, three hours. But I've done three songs, though, you know? Okay. For the rest of the time, just bullshitting, drinking, just hanging out with all my dogs, you know, just vibing. Listen to the songs and just kicking the shit. How expensive is it for studio time down there? Well, it depends who you go to and who you know. Me, I get it for the low because I, I know these people. So what do you got going on right now, music-wise? What are you working on? Yeah, I'm working on a, a little project, trying to get something going, you know. I got my people trying to help me, you know. They're really deep into the music industry. They're, they're pretty known. Nice, 
Nice. Does the album have a theme around it or anything? Not really a theme, but, you know, just street shit, you know, shit that I've lived, seen, you know, been around, you know, just depends. Some shit I just be, you know, talking to street shit, you know, street life pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. For performing, uh, just being on stage, is there anywhere that you'd like to perform further in down your career? Maybe someone that you want to perform with? Mm, damn, that's a tough one. I not really because anywhere I get to perform, like on a major platform, let's just say, and there's actual other rappers there. Anybody or any any real rapper, like then you know that I get to perform with on the real stage is good enough for me because that means I made it somewhere, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Shine, it's been awesome, man. We always ask our guests if they have a positive message to give to the youth that are growing up, maybe a similar situation you did or can relate to your story somehow. What would you say to them that are listening right now? I would say that to avoid getting caught up in the streets. I mean, they might not have no type of father figure or whatever, but whatever you find out there in the streets, all that love is temporary and it's really fake. You know what I'm saying? When shit hits the fan, Ain't nobody going to be there but your family. And if you ain't got nobody, then all of you really got it yourself because your homeboys ain't going to be there. And once you get older and become my age, you're going to look back and be like, it was never really worth it because it didn't add up. That's for damn sure. That's for damn sure. And yeah. And now that you are father, how many kids do you got now? Three. Shout out to the kids, man. You got just as many kids as you do brothers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And how do you like being a father? Like, you got that that overbearing, like, I love my kids so much kind of father, like how I am? See, I'm not overboard. I love my kids, you know, but they, my kids love me because I'm so cool. I'm laid back, you know, but they know not to play with me and they, they listen to me. You know what I'm saying? You get good grades in school, you can have whatever you want. You know what I'm saying? You don't get good grades, your room going to look like a strip cell in prison. You ain't going to have nothing in there but your bed. So they know not to play. <laughs> yeah, no, that works, man. That works. That works. Anybody that you want to give a shout out to? Anybody you want to give the flowers to before we close her out? Yeah, man. You know, I want to give a shout out to you know always, always give a shout out to Josh. You know, lockdown twenty three and one because you know he was the one that helped me. You know, build my platform for when I was doing the prison genre stuff. You feel me? So I always shout him out every chance I get. You know, I want to shout out you know Zebby. You know what I'm saying? Me and him became pretty cool. You feel me? We can't curse nobody out, right? Go right ahead. I want to give a big fuck you to Wack 100. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I seen that. I seen that. Yeah. Speak yeah, on man. it. Speak on it. Tell us about it. What's up with Wack? All right. So he came at 1090 Jake the other day on the clubhouse, right? Because I guess 1090, you know, exposing people's paperwork. You feel me? So he's like, oh, I look at you as a, a, a white boy trying to, you know, make black people go against... He pulled the race card, you feel me? Yeah. And telling him, oh, who who gave you, who validated you to call people snitches or expose paperwork. I mean, once you do that, once you decide to become a, you know, a witness, a cooperating witness to any case, you give everybody and their mama that, that opportunity to expose you. So you don't need to be black, white, Hispanic, or anything to expose somebody on their paperwork. If you didn't want a motherfucker talking about it, you should have never did it because it's public records. So 1090J did that. All right, so boom. I don't care. 
You know, like me and 1090 J, we don't talk. We did have spoken before plenty of times, but that was back then when he first started YouTube. But what I didn't like is the way that Wack 100 was talking to him. He was calling him a bitch. Like, I, I posted a video about this shit. Shit got me really mad because I don't like bullies. You feel me? I can't, I can't tolerate a bully. You know what I'm saying? And then, yeah. like, he just kind of gave me flashbacks of prison, like the dudes that I see prey on the weak and the dudes like that, that I see like act super, super hard. But at the end of the day, you know, they like to mess around with, 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 with punks. You feel me? So he gives me that kind of vibe. So I've been like Adam and Adam and Adam, and Adam, and he just never responds. So yesterday I got to get actually on the clubhouse and speak. I, two people, three people, two or three people, let me in, and every time they let me in, he's like, oh, who let you in? I'm not going to tell on a person that let me in because I don't want them to get, get kicked off the show because they let a random person in. But when I got in, I got my little words, and I, I ended up telling him he was pussy and all type of shit, you know? And that's how I feel, really, bro. Like He was calling Jake a Klansman, all kinds of shit. Yeah, he, he brought it to that, race. That, that's just whack. Yeah. That's yeah. me, whack. Yeah. Don't do no shit like that, man. Like you ain't gotta do that, bro. Yeah, that's a whole I, different story. Cause I was dead ass serious when I said if he was to try me like that, man, I would go over there and, and and if he's in New York still, like sometimes how he be, I'll go over there and slap the fuck out of him. <laughs> yeah. And before uh, we we do let you go, where can the people find you out there? Oh, you know, on YouTube or on Instagram. You feel me? N G B Fee, F-E-E. We're going to definitely nice. add those links uh, as well on the video there for you. But before we do go, can we get a flash of that AP? The AP? Yeah. Thank you so much, Shine, for coming through tonight, man. Much appreciated, bro. Appreciate y'all having me here. Yeah. Oh, and happy Mother's Day to everybody, man, by the way, too. Happy Mother's Day, everybody. Broken Home Podcast, everyone. Have a great week. All right, bro. Later, Shine. You deleted all your prison content. Everybody was doing it. You feel me? Like, it was working. I kind of got to a point where I don't want to talk about prison no more. I feel like there's only but so many stories that you can tell before you start making up shit. It was getting kind of boring to me. You know what I'm saying? And I ain't feel like even thinking about prison no more. So I want to get past that shit and try to make some, my channel about something else. But, you know, for now, I'm just gonna stick to the music. Prison, like you said, is behind you, and the music is you growing and growing, and you probably you can probably make a lot more money off the music. Right, 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 right. And it's kind of crazy, because ever since, you know, I stopped making prison videos and stuff, like, my subscribers don't even much watch my channel mo no more like that. So it's like, it's kind of sad to know that people just want to hear people's trauma, hard times, and shit like that, because that's what they was there for, you know, to hear the struggle. Like, I still got some from day one that support me on anything, you know? But others just wanted to hear bullshit, you feel me? The negativity. Right, and I ain't got time for it. You know, I want to keep that negative energy away. Yeah, absolutely. We also touched on your gang affiliation with the Latin Kings. Now mm -hmm. that you're older now, what is your affiliation level? Are you, are you even still active? Nah, I got my own family now, you feel me? That's what's important to me, you know, my wife, my kids, you know, growing. 
taking care of home. Let's just say somebody in your organization doing some shit and they pick everybody up. Why I gotta go down for the next man? I'd rather go down for my own shit, you know? And at the end of the day, when shit hits the fan, ain't nobody really there for you but your own family. Put your life on the line for people for what? They yeah. don't do it in return, you know what I'm saying? Very few do, though. But at the end of the day, for what? Yeah, so true. You know, I'm about to um, be opening up for a rapper. I, I think he's from out here, you know? I'm about to open up and perform. I got a um, single release party coming up soon. So I, I'm I'm pretty much going to be booked a lot in the club. Oh, that's awesome, man. That's awesome. I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And you just had an awesome performance, too, and came out on top. How'd that go? Yeah, you know, I really just went because, you know, that's what I used to do before I went to jail last time. My music was blowing up. If you look at my old music videos, they got 50,000 views and stuff like that. You know, but once I went to jail, I lost that momentum, right? So now I'm trying to get back into it. So I'm like, damn, okay. I'm going to go ahead and start um, doing the performances again and shit like that, you know, because I'm not the type to ever wait on the hand out of nothing like that, you know, so I, I, I put my part in, you feel me, and if I got to get it out the mud, I'm going to get it out the mud, you know, from the basics. So I'm like, okay, bomb. So I start doing that. So I really went with the intentions of performing just to get exposure, a couple followers here and there, you know what I'm saying? I really didn't know it was like a, a showcase you know, where other artists were performing. I didn't know that at the time. So when I got there, it was like 20 other artists that were performing too. So I'm like, damn. And they young, you know what I'm saying? I'm like, man, shit. But whatever, We, I was with my peoples anyway. We were like 20 deep. So we had a big VIP section, a whole bunch of bottles and shit. So I was just hanging out, having a good time, drinking some Hennessy, you know? And then when it came time to perform, they were just, they loved it came out number one that's awesome man congratulations i wasn't expecting that but hey i'm happy for it so yeah that's where i'm at now with it you know and i'm, I'm trying to see if i um i got a probably an interview lined up sometime this month if not this month next month out in california so let's see how that plays out awesome be sure to let us know when it is and we'll post it and we'll share it with everybody that's watching right now too for sure you awesome. already know